0: Want to get to know Charlie Bolden? NASA EDGE heads to Washington to get an in-depth look at the NASA administrator's life and legacy. Plus, a bold look at how NASA plans to move forward here on Earth and in space. Charlie Bolden is ready. Who will get there first?
1: It's great to be back in the nation's capital.
2: Beautiful day out.
0: Yeah, nice sights to see.
2: Hey, make sure you stay focused today. Oh, oh yeah, of okay.
0: course. Uh, it's a standard. We've, got, yeah, a lot of we've got
2: quite a bit of work to do today, so.
0: Oh, yeah, I, I got it under wraps. Don't worry. No sightseeing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> now, why do you want to be a spoil sport?
2: Well, That's after, after we get the work done.
0: So. Oh, no, hang on. you got to stop. i got to get out. Right. Oh, okay. i got some things i got to take care of. I'll catch up with you guys later. Can you open the door for me? Yeah, uh, go ahead. Safety first.
2: Yeah. Think he'll make it uh, past the gate?
0: Nah, I doubt if he'll get past security. yeah. Uh, nah. No.
2: I'll play my cards right,
0: I'll beat him to the punch. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm here from NASA EDGE. We have an interview with Charlie Boldman and I really need to get in there quick so I get that interview. Your name, sir? Uh, Blair.
2: You need to come with me.
0: Ow, ow, ow. That's quite a grip you got there. Is that legal? Uh, yes, sir. Um,
1: Headquarters, Postal 11. Charlie Bolden is ready
2: for his interview with Chris. So, Charlie, I have a few dates from your past that I'd like to kind of see if you reflect upon. Okay. The first date I have is January 12th, 1986. I tell people a lot.
1: It, it was a highlight in my life, not uh, quite like the birth of my son and daughter day. Right. Or my marriage day. <laughs> uh, but a very important day in my life because it was the beginning of a period that was absolutely incredibly high. Uh, it was STS 61C, very exciting day. We had already been to the pad four times prior to that, four scrubs, and then finally we went out a beautiful morning just before dawn and lifted off and it flew off into the sunrise.
2: you have been a military pilot before that point, flying A6s in Vietnam? I flew A6s in Vietnam
1: and then went to test pilot school and flew A6s, A7s.
2: So what was your experience like getting ready to go, launching on shuttle, having experience flying around, you know, pulling high G-turns in a military aircraft and here for the first time? You're going into space. I mean, what what was that feeling like compared to... I
1: I think the apprehension was probably as high as it was, say, going on a combat mission in Vietnam, although you relaxed very quickly. When the solids ignite Mm -hmm. and you lift off, all the apprehension is gone. The vehicle is vibrating all over the place, which was somewhat surprising because the simulators we use are very, very good. They don't adequately simulate the vibration. There you saw the solid rocket booster separation. Um, I had planned to do a lot of reach and visibility checks and in uh, feeling the force on my chest, I just said, well, forget about that, I'm going to sit here and enjoy the ride. The G level is very low. Uh, you know, it's, not a, it's about a G and a half at liftoff. Right. So, nothing anywhere close to what you experience in a tactical jet, for example. But then, right after liftoff, you, you sink into your, okay, this isn't a simulation. But it sure seems like it. And you go right into doing what you've been trained to do.
0: Is he okay in there? He's okay. Well, if he gives you any problems, let me know. Okay, thank you, I will.
2: Now, let's move a little bit forward in time. This is uh, 1994, Mm -hmm. February 11th, 1994.
1: February 11th, 1994 was a date that I knew was coming, and in a way I dreaded it. Because at the time, long before I flew, I had advised my crew that this would be my last flight. You know, my wife, my family, and I had talked it over in the course of the training for STS-60. And we had decided that, they had decided, that I'd had enough fun okay. and that I should grow up and go off and do something <laughs> productive. Right. And, uh, and we made the decision after actually a, a serendipitous contact with the superintendent of the Naval Academy, who had called and asked if I would be interested in coming back to my alma mater. So I knew when I landed at KSC on that flight that that would be my last time getting out of a space shuttle, coming back from
0: space. come up to headquarters we'll get together we'll have a few laughs oh. Oh 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 oh. oh 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 i can't breathe i can't breathe dude you okay can you breathe uh, yeah i'm i'm good okay all right I'm going to go with this interview with Gerstenmeier. I'll catch up with you later, okay? Uh, Gerstenmeyer. Franklin.
2: Tune in next week when Franklin interviews Bill Gerstenmeier on NASA Edge. July 17th, 2009.
1: Uh, let me think about that one. July 17th, 2000. Oh, July 17th, 2009 was the day I was, I was uh, sworn in as the administrator of NASA. How soon we forget, you know? big day to be quite honest it was um it was a very big day for my family you know my mom and dad weren't here uh in body but they were here in spirit but we had family from all over the place that had come to dc but it was a big day we were here uh, right down in the administrator suite and i was sworn in and lori was sworn in and we took our places as the administrator and the deputy of nasa kind of scary too Mm. to be quite honest I I understood the challenges that that were to come. I I don't think I had a full grasp of what was ahead, to be quite honest. I had been following NASA on the periphery, and I was also very active as a member of the Aerospace Safety Advisory Panel. So I was quite aware of the struggles we were having with Constellation and struggles we were having with funding and the like. I just didn't anticipate what would happen within months of becoming the administrator.
2: And how has being the NASA administrator been different than being uh, a major general in the Marine Corps?
1: Probably the biggest difference here and being in the Marine Corps, the responsibility I think is it, it, it's equivalent almost. Here it is not acknowledged that you're responsible for your people and their families as much as it is in the Marine Corps. In the Marine Corps it, it, is, it goes without saying that, that you and your spouse are responsible for the care and feeding of the 17,000 Marines in your command and they're spread all over the world so it's much more personal than it is here at headquarters. Here right. in NASA, in this sector of government, uh, it's actually frowned upon uh, for a spouse to be involved in stuff. And so it, it, it was quite an adjustment for my wife, to right. be quite honest, to, to come into this, into a leadership role for me and not be a part of right. it. And it doesn't have to be that way, but that's just kind of the way... Uh, the way that that this sector of
0: government works. Come on in. Hey, Leland, uh I got a favor to ask yeah, you. Yeah, um, what's going on? Well, I- I'm supposed to inter- interview Charlie Bolden, and I Charlie can... Bolden? Yeah. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I can't find him, and, and I was wondering if you could tell me where I, how to get a hold of him. Okay, just walk out of this room uh-huh. and just follow the hall. It'll, there'll be me on sign saying uh-huh. Charlie Bolton's office. Oh, perfect. Now, is there anything I need to avoid, like taboo subjects, things mm-hmm. I shouldn't... Charlie's taboos. Okay, don't touch his boots. Don't touch his boots. Okay, great. Thanks. Right, Appreciate it.
2: <laughs> and have one more date, uh, probably the most important for the next generation of explorers. And that would be uh, July 20th, 2069. Ooh, it's the anniversary, the 100th
1: anniversary of landing on the moon. Uh, And hopefully on July 20th, 2069, we'll be looking back at humankind's first step on Mars. We will be well on our way to places even farther in the solar system technologically I don't I know we won't be at warp speeds yet right. although we I could be surprised that's you know, true you never know my hope would be that we're thinking about how do we how do we make that breakthrough uh, to leave the solar system with human beings um, I don't know whether it's going to be centuries away or decades away or years away but I would hope by then if we've done what we should have done as a stepping stone, you know, to that date, that we'll be, we'll be really seriously thinking about it. You know, will there be colonies, places? Uh, you would hope so. Right. Uh, out of necessity, for one thing, because Earth by then will have really been stressed. There'll be too many people for the planet, and so some of us will have to, you know, at least temporarily or periodically live other places. Uh, hopefully, we will have come to our senses sometime back, uh, you know, m- many decades prior to that, and we will have understood the challenges of climate change and we will have identified some of the things that we materially could do as humans to make the planet better. If we didn't, Earth may not be habitable. And so the species may be living on other planets out of out of absolute necessity because Earth is no longer habitable.
0: Hey, drink the bus. Here, take the cup. Hey, take the cup. Ah!
1: I don't think that's where we're going to be. I think we'll I think we will come to our senses and we'll be smarter than that.
2: So we kind of rewind back to the present day. Yeah. We're looking at this really uh, bold new direction that we're going, uh, kind of takes us on a top level. Uh, what, what do you expect to see in the next 15 to 20 years in human spaceflight? Well,
1: actually, I wouldn't even say human spaceflight. People, people magically think of human spaceflight when they think of NASA. I think some of our most important advances are going to be in the field of aeronautics and science. I think in aeronautics. In the next 20 years, you're going to see that we will probably have helped blaze the trail toward the next generation of air travel. Supersonic air travel will have come back. You know, we will have gotten over the fear of supersonic travel. We will have understood what caused the downfall of supersonic travel in the days of the Concorde and the like. And humans will be traveling at supersonic speeds. Hypersonics will be what we'll be talking about. You'll be looking at a totally different design of airframe. If you look at what industry and NASA are doing right now with blended body configurations will be there. Next generation air traffic management system will be fully in effect. Pilots and controllers will no longer be intimately involved in every decision en route. Air traffic controllers on the ground will be monitoring the system because airplanes will be talking to themselves through a system called ADS-B and they'll be maneuvering themselves in position to land at big airports. Fuel efficiency will be the way of, you know, of life then. Uh, Then, science uh, discoveries I can't even imagine. In terms of human experience, human spaceflight, the commercial sector will have taken off. NASA will have very little to do with commercial spaceflight other than buying a service. We will have done our part in facilitating the success of the commercial industry. More and more people will be taking advantage of the capability to travel into space, into low Earth orbit. I think people will actually be starting to talk about uh, commercial travel to the moon, commercial travel to other places. We won't be there yet. I could be surprised, but there are commercial entities right now who have designs on colonization of the moon. That's something that, that's not NASA's to do. We don't have a reason to do it we have a reason to facilitate it. But if there is a commercial need, I think that could, that could very well happen. You'll take some of the commercial orbiting space stations that have developed in Earth orbit, they'll migrate over to the lunar orbit, and when we're happy, when we're comfortable, we'll just take them down, put them on the surface of the moon, uh, there are companies I've visited now that that have that concept in mind, and I think I think they'll see it through.
2: Maybe NASA headquarters will be positioned in low Earth orbit. In, NASA in, in headquarters future, yeah. could
1: be in low Earth orbit. NASA headquarters could be on the surface of Mars. Not 20 years from now, but, but in the, in the but future. In, yeah. in the future, NASA could be gone, and uh, and the concept of human spaceflight if I use the term the Federation, you know, right. as, as science that's fiction right. tells that's us, right. because I'm a big believer that one of our things that we do in NASA is, and I, I say it all the time, we take science fiction and make it science fact. So if that's true, um, 30, 40, 50 years from now, NASA as we know it today won't exist. Uh, NASA will be uh, an international organization, and it may be called the, the International Federation of Space Exploration or something like that. Make it so.
0: Oh, hey, Al. Wow. Hey, Blair. Good hey, to see you, man. You're welcome. Good to see you. I'm I'm kind of in a tight spot. i was wondering if you could help me out. Yeah. I'm supposed to interview Charlie Bolden, and I need help finding his office. <laughs> you you and Charlie? Yeah, yeah. We okay. got supposed to... Yeah, he, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
2: If you had a choice, uh, would you rather be in an A-6 <laughs> flying around or landing the space shuttle? Boy, if I had a choice, uh,
1: I, I wouldn't choose. I, I would choose to have lived my life the way I've lived it to this point Very good, and man. enjoy it and savor it and and not try to go back. Uh, I'd screw something up if I tried to go back. You know, I, I have three incredibly beautiful granddaughters who are five, nine and eleven. And and I to satisfy something that I didn't do, um, I, I would not I would not put my family as it exists today at risk to do that.
2: Very good. Well, thank you so much, sir. No,
1: thank you, and uh, yes. thanks very much for what you're doing. This is really exciting. Thank you. Thank you. Oh my goodness, how are you doing?
0: Uh, all right. I mean, sorry just kind of bummed out.
1: You look like you're having a downer day.
0: I am. I'm trying to interview um, Charlie Bolden, the NASA Administrator. and My buddies are trying to interview him. I'm going to try to get in there first. I'm talking to people, trying to get some background information. Everybody's quiet. I I called Lori Garver. She won't return my phone calls. Uh, But you know what? I'm not going to leave without an interview. I'm just Uh, convinced.
1: Well, I've heard they're pretty accessible, so I, I tell you what, good luck. I, I hope you have a lot of luck.
0: Thank uh, you. I appreciate care. that. Yeah, good to meet you pre- too. Pre- appreciate the positive words. All That's right. great. Good take care. You have, you have a good day. Up
1: here, stop in and let me know how it went. I'll do that. All right. Thanks a lot. Thanks. Take
0: care. Appreciate it.